Welcome to Synthaholics. Thank you so much for downloading this episode. Today we are back at Season 2, the premiere of The Expanse. So we are talking about the episodes uh, Safe and Doors and Corners. And um, we get the the fallout of what happened on Eros and uh, Miller joining the crew of the Rosadante. So... Good stuff, but we got a little bit of news, right, Dave? We got news. Lower Decks got them their release date. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I should introduce ourselves. I'm Aaron O'Brien, and this is Dave Duncan. Oh, I, I'm David Duncan. I, I got I got way ahead of ourselves. Sorry. We're just so excited because we haven't talked. I mean, you don't you don't know this yet, but we haven't you don't talked know in this. a couple of weeks. We've been we've been stranded. No, we haven't. Aaron was out in the middle of the woods getting bitten by ticks and finding lost villages. That's right. Lost Villages of Tickville. Of uh, Atlantis. Or, uh, lost, lost Village of Lyme Disease. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, and so, but we, last but week we got, you heard me talk about Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, so that's why we did the little like in-between, uh, because I wasn't available. So, uh, but we got uh, news on Star Trek Lower Decks. We uh, got a release date, and it looks like we're going to get it August 6th. Ooh, so looks like we'll be talking Expanse up until then, and then we'll switch gears to Lower Decks, and we'll probably switch gears back to the Expanse. Although Tenet comes out at some point, we might be talking about Tenet yeah. um, in the middle yeah. of that. Oh, that's true. I forgot about Tenet. Yeah, because yeah. I want to talk about that. <laughs> you, you messaged me that like a month ago. I was like, we got to talk about Tenet. More than a month ago. Uh, at least a month ago. With, with COVID, it's like I kind of like put it off my radar because it's like... Um, I don't know when anything is going to come out. So. Going to have to see it at the drive-in so we can like, stay <laughs> huddled in our cars. Yeah, we'll be like, we'll be we have just car bubbles. Um, and drive-ins will probably make a big resurgence with like they totally should, especially in the summer. You know, drive-ins are fun. I, and you know what? I know a lot of part of the country's drive-ins aren't around, but we are very lucky in the Buffalo, Western New York area that we have a drive-in here. I've so. never been. You've never been there? I've never ever once been there. Oh, to it's gotta go. It's good. You got it. We should do it. Yeah, we well, should see if we can do it. I mean, like uh, Kaylee was saying, we should go see Tenet because uh, I mentioned to her that you said you wanted to see it, so we should. Uh, yeah, we should. That, it's, 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 it's a blast. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a lot well, of fun. I think the the re, the the drive-in was originally going to do a Wonder Woman Tenet because um, our I do know our drive-in does two movies at once. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They were going to do Wonder Woman Tenet, I think, back to back, but Wonder Woman got pushed back to like September, November. So oh, it got pushed back, so it's not going to be a Tenet and, and uh, Wonder Woman anymore. So I'm not sure. It looks it looks that. awesome. Wonder Woman looks great. I want to talk about that too when we get to that. But uh, uh, let's let's talk like... about Lower Decks um, just real quick. Yeah, it's uh, we were just talking before we started recording the show with the um, the ship 
Uh, it is called, what is it? The USS Saratoso? Uh, <laughs> Am I saying that right? Saratoso. See, I didn't see the name in the, in the news. but um. It's uh, C-E-R-R-I-T-O-S. It's, um, I forgot, we, we talked about this like over a year ago. Like it means something, I just don't remember what it is. Oh yeah, I, you know, when we first got the news that it was going to be coming out, yeah, I don't Yeah. Most things in Star Trek can mean things. It's like a but, city in California. But like the thing is, like Picard, a lot of the names and the things me- meant things, but it didn't make the episodes good. <laughs> <laughs> There's lots of good. hidden Easter eggs in, in the Picard namings of things. It's like kind of brilliant. I just wish they yeah, put as much thought into so. the story. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, like, um, the, like the Fenris Rangers ties into I think the the Romulus and Remus. Like it's like it, it ties into that like lore of like the the gods mm-hmm. or whatever for Romulus, Remus, and Fenris. It was all like kind of tied in together from like yeah. our, our Earth uh, mythological standpoint. So there's lots of really cool things. Like it makes sense. It's just you know it's lost upon a lot of people because people don't research it or don't know and they're just like oh it's just a name but i mean a lot of the names like have meaning which is really interesting yeah no well this is uh i'm sorry i, I said it, it's it's the uss cerritos mm. so uh that's that's how you say it um and it looks we were saying before it looks like a little bit next genny it's got like uh the kind of saucer section that looks a bit next gen like the like the, the, Enterprise the windows D, like a galaxy mm-hmm. class but then it's got like Dave was saying, it looks like a, a warp sled. Like they just place the the uh, saucer section on top of the sled with the nacelles and a um, and like a warp core. Yeah, you know, the and and the um, uh, was it the deflector dish? Yeah, I mean it, it, it just kind of reminded me of the Obereth because like it just the Obereth has those like weird pylons that connect the top part to the bottom part. It doesn't mm-hmm. look like they're big enough for um, like turbo lifts to go through. So I wonder if mm-hmm. like beam between the the parts or you know i mean most starships have saucer separation of some sort so it's just like it's just a saucer with the warp sled so it's just eats up so just a long jeffrey's tube well since it's since it looks like the show's like basically a series of fuck-ups i'm sure they're gonna lose the warp sled at some point they're just gonna get it blown up because they made a mistake or something because that seems like the obvious thing to do if like whenever you're doing a star trek show about a bunch of fuck-ups because they keep on like advertising it's like the least important ship in the fleet so i mean like um, it's bad things are going to happen. I'm sure. Well, I'm looking at the picture of the crew, and they're like they're right now. It's the picture I'm looking at. They're like coming through a door, and they're holding their phasers out, and uh, like they're all kind of messed up. Like they look like they've been through something. And the one guy's got the one kid over his shoulder, and he's like covered in goo. And uh, the cat's uh, the cat uh, cat creature is all like uh, got black stuff all over. It, it, it looks fun. I, you know, I, I got to admit, it looks really fun. Well, I mean, and I like the uniforms with the with the creators of Rick and Morty. I mean, like, I, I mean, I'm really hoping it's going to be really funny because I love Rick and Morty. And if like they're in charge of writing and not not, not letting Alex Kurtzman anywhere near it, that'll be even better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, like, you know, I've got a little bit higher hopes for this than some other things, just for the the nature of Rick and Morty people working on this. But um, I don't know what don't kind know. of I don't yeah, know what don't. kind of um, uh, influence Alex Kurtzman and Akiva Goldsman are going to have over this because they're well, the both cool cancer. Thing is, yeah, the cool thing is if they're the least important ship, then whatever happens isn't going to impact anything. So it doesn't have any big ske- like thing over the scheme of 
Star Trek. So I mean, Star Trek. Hopefully, it can be just fun. Just fun adventures with some jokes tucked in there. So yeah, hopefully, yeah. Uh, I mean, and, and with like all established races, nothing weird. And you know, hopefully, it'll just be like nice and calm and like. I mean, not calm, but I mean like nothing like cannon breaking and shaking because the, the freaking uh, short tracks are like cannon breaking all over the place. Yeah, right, right, right. I'm just yeah. like, why? Why are you making these? Yeah, Stop I it. know. I know. Uh, yeah, so that's cool. So we have to look forward to that when that comes out. Um, so uh, that, yeah, so that's August 6th. Um, mm-hmm. Good stuff. Um, and Dave, you, we've got some emails from uh, our uh, Beyond the Farthest Star episode, right? Yeah, we have an email from Beyond the Farthest Star. I wanted to read that um uh, email from Brad. Um, it's been a while. I mean, like it's. He said this to us a, a little while ago, and I just haven't had a chance to read it because I didn't get to read it last week because it was me and Brian, and Brian didn't see the episode. He didn't listen. To it, he wasn't on it. He didn't know anything, and, and I wanted Aaron to be able to like, kind of like talk about. Um, yeah, since the, it addresses a lot of stuff that uh, we talked about. So we talked about Beyond Fire of the Star. We got quite political. We talked about uh, the. The protests, Black Lives Matters, police, police uh, brutalities, all that stuff that was kind of tucked into the show as well. And um, you know, we, I think you know we we told people way before if this is going to bother you, don't listen to this episode because obviously it's not going to be a, a getaway. Yeah, of, it's, uh, it's a little bit heavier than we've done in, in a while. But mm-hmm. Brad writes on June twentieth. Uh, Synthaholics, it's been a while since I've written, but I'm still out here. I'm a Patreon subscriber, and I've listened to your entire backlog catalog. I guess that makes me a fan. As a thank fan, you. yes, thank you. Thank you very much for, for listening to everything. I mean, that's, that's amazing uh, that we've got people out there that have heard everything everything we've said. That's so many hours of content. Uh, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so glad you're not tired of our voices. <laughs> I'm tired of my voice. <laughs> but continue. Uh, as a fan, I was concerned when I first saw your selection of the episode this week. Probably on the stars is a difficult and racially charged episode, but brilliant in execution. It tackles many difficult themes and avoids being ham-fisted. Avery Brooks's passion shines through in every scene. I think everyone's missed the point of the episode, though. Far Beyond the Stars showed how things were in this country, but not how things are. Black authors are celebrated in our society and encouraged to express themselves in any way they want. We have freedoms today that we only imagined in many times. The message wasn't of despair, but of hope, and to see how far we've come. I mean, I'm, this is us speaking now. Um, like, I think that's a really interesting uh, uh, perspective on it. Um, personally, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like the episode just seems like just devastating. It ends with him like crying and like just like shaking, and then it flips back to Deep Space Nine, yeah. and and it, and it just you know he's kind of like wondering, are we him? And I mean, like I mean, I guess there's there's hope there, but it also seems just like just so shitty because of the way things were. Yeah, and then, like, right. we're seeing all this stuff happen, and, you know, black people being treated super unfairly in our, by our law system and everything like that. And, like, you know, like, uh, you know, black people get way more jail time or whatever for the same crimes as the white person. It's just absolutely ridiculous. So, so I mean, like, that's why I think we were kind of upset when we talked about this episode, that just the, the injustice across the board, kind of, and it still hasn't, I mean, it's gotten better, but it's still, like, not great. Yeah, I, I I think that's one of our, our our 
a thought. I think uh, my thought is that we've come leaps and bounds from you know the, when this was supposed to happen, like 1952 or 53. I can't remember, uh, but it was around that time. And yeah, I mean, you couldn't be a a, a black author and and get your book or your your story published easily. Um, so, but we have gotten a lot farther. I mean, we have great black representation in a lot of places, a lot of corners. Uh, so that is a good thing. So it's a great thing, but I think we still have so much further to go. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, and then back to the email. Um, we grew to love Captain Cisco not because of his race, but because of the passion of Avery Brooks brought to the role. He was a absolutely. warrior, a diplomat, a mentor, a student, and a father. The show wouldn't have worked without him. But it wasn't because of the color of his skin. To the, uh, to think there was a time in America where we couldn't have had this role makes me sick. I mean, I agree. This is. I mean, yeah. Avery Brooks nailed it. Yeah, he's he's a very, very, um, uh, you know, pa- like he said, passionate actor, but also he's like he has a commanding presence just when he walks on screen, you oh, know. Absolutely. He's great. You know? And that's what kind of made me mad when they're talking about Discovery, having the first black lead. I'm like, did you not see Deep Space Nine? Yeah, I know. I know. It's like, <laughs> there were seven seasons. Seven seasons. Uh, back to the email. Um, as science fiction fans, the idea of discrimination is abhorrent. This is no place for exclusion when it comes to exploration, be it in the exploration of space, time, dimensions, or even the mind. Mm, we even point. find the idea of discrimination against alien species and artificial intelligence distasteful. Who could watch Measure of Man and not recognize Data's rights? He was a yellow-eyed, cat-loving toaster. Of course he is. Amen. Um I work as a police officer in a major city, specifically in the downtown area. I'm also a 22-year-old military veteran wow. who finally retired uh, this month. Am I a racist? Do oh. I do what I do just to oppress minorities? Based on the conversation, that's what I felt. Uh, see, I, I, I really felt that we weren't talking that. I mean, there's more than one time I think we came in that conversation and we were like, definitely like, not all police officers are like this. I, I know... I, I know people who are police officers, and I know they are not like that. My fiance's cousin's a police officer, so I mean, yeah, it's it's uh, we've got that. In the, I think we're saying that there are some people that use their authority to be just giant assholes, and I I don't know, but you you know about your experience, but I'm sure you know there are some that are out there that just because they've got yeah. that authority, they're going to wield it and not just against black people, but about any, with anybody. Yeah. And, 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 yeah. and I'm sorry if we made you feel that way for sure. Yeah. No, that was not the intention. Yeah. So he, he continues saying guy used the Stanford prison experiment as a basis, uh, for anything in the flawed argument. Thank you, David, for being my voice in this argument. Yes. The result was shocking, but for an experiment to have any validity, you have to have, requirements of how the data was collected was there a control group were the rules enforced were the rules changed once the experiment began well since the experiment was so interesting why haven't there been why haven't they reproduced the results because the laws put in place to prevent it from being done again but that's not exactly objective is it the experiment is yeah. always used as a reference but it could be easily disproven within a modern recreation there's even a push to dismiss it completely and uh, this is me speaking again. There's actually a, a Vsauce YouTube episode where they did recreate the Stanford Prison Experiment, but they did it super vague. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and no one knew what they were doing. And they actually did stuff in, in, a, in a black room. They're trying to build a puzzle, but they were trying to take away the role of like prison 
and then, and they were just seeing how people could be cruel to each other, even though no one was actually being cruel to anyone, but there was a perception they could be cruel to someone because they set this up as a competition where they're trying to build a puzzle in the dark and pitch black by just feel in, in, a, in a control group. And uh, they had a buzzer and they got buzzed by the people running the experiment, but they thought that they were told it was the other team that would be buzzing them and they could buzz them back and they controlled the intensity. And like people weren't mean. I mean, they, some some people would buzz back, but some people would just be like, hey, let's just keep working. So, I mean, like, it was interesting uh-huh, way of doing uh-huh. it. So, I would definitely look up Vsauce uh, uh, Stanford President Experiment, because that's an interesting way oh. how, how they, they did kind of reproduce it, but in a super controlled, very vague way. And they said, yeah. they basically came to the conclusion people weren't mean to be mean. And a lot of people would just try to, like, get past it and just kind of do what they were told to do. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. Uh, so, uh, just to, just to bring this up, I so <laughs> I I'm I was the one who brought up the the Stanford uh, prison um, experiment, Brad. So that's that's most me. I think Guy did most of the majority of talking because that's what Guy usually does. <laughs> well, Guy did bring um, it back up a couple times. Yeah, uh, throughout. But um, I don't. Um, I, I since so I uh, Dave sent me the link that you sent me about this uh, inside uh, inside hire, uh, hired uh, talking about the new uh, Stanford ex- uh, prison experiment revelations question uh, questions findings I, I looked that up and I read it it's it's a very interesting piece like I said that was only like 101 psychology uh, when I went to college it was like the first year I and I'm not a psychology major I just it was like you take psychology as part of your courses and i uh i remember learning about it and you know i don't know if i did a paper on it or not i just it's too long ago for me to remember now but it stuck in my head you know and um i read the article and it brings up some very valid points about what um what the experiment was and it wasn't technically a study uh because like you said there was no control group and uh, has it been reproduced? No, they've tried to do similar things, but they haven't done it quite like what they've done before, too. So, and were some of the guards coached into being harder on the the so so called prisoners? There's questionable. It's questionable, right? I, I read the article, and I also um, I looked at uh, the 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 professor, the Stanford professor Philip Zimbardo. Um, his response to these criticisms, and he denies it. He, I mean, he basically says the guards were not prodded to be more aggressive, um, but they were told they have to be guards. That's what they have to do. The other thing that was interesting about it, which I never even thought about, is that it was actually advertised to the students. We're doing a prison experiment, and uh, and because you were saying the prison experiment, that certain people are going to be drawn to that yeah meaning meaning that certain people who have sadistic uh like feelings and they want they want to do that there was even somebody uh in that in that article that you were that you sent to us that talked about um they had seen cool cool hand luke the movie and a great movie but they he was trying to emulate the guards in that some of the guards in there so um you know there's there's a good point to that like you're you're bringing people in uh, who already have an idea that they might be uh, they can be cruel to people. 
So I'm not saying that was everybody, but and you know, there's other stuff. There's like somebody was saying someone had a complete breakdown and they were like, I gotta get the fuck out of here, I gotta get out, you know. And then later he said, I just was doing that to get out because I had to do my uh, CREs. I had to study for them. And uh, he was doing that. But Zimbardo, the experiment leader, say he's just saying that because he's embarrassed now how how he you know lost it in there. So that was Zimbardo's retort for all that. But it it's 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 a questionable thing it is questionable i only use it as an example you can look at other things that are um you know experiments you know the the milgram experiment where they it was another psychological experiment where they would like uh have like a teacher and a student and they would have like a subject and they would be they tell this the teacher would say like uh they would have them uh give them electrical shocks now the person who was supposed to be getting electrical shocks were not getting any shocks. They were just acting. So they would turn it up and they kept on telling the student to turn it up, turn it up, turn it up. And some students would go totally listen to whatever the teacher said and would just like be turning up even when the, the actor would act like he's unconscious, you know? So, I mean, like not all, not everybody did that, but that was one of the things that, the people are like, holy shit, some people can do really pretty freaking sadistic. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, these, all these things can be, I guess, debated, you know, and, and there's good line and there's good things to debate about that too. But I, I only brought it up because I think that there are some people who are attracted to being somewhat sadistic, uh, Machiavellian kind of thing where they want to, you know, take control and, uh, use their use the power that they have against other people. I'm not, and I'm not saying that you for you, Brad. I'm just saying, or even other people that you work with. I'm just saying that you got to at least recognize there's got to be those people out there. Uh, the email continues. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I've, I've already kind of responded to him um, in, oh, okay. in, in, in email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, like, okay. uh, this is. I mean, I'll respond to some things, but this is more uh, uh, your your response uh, because I've kind of like emailed them, and I'll, I'll say things as I need to. Um, if I didn't say it in the email, uh, uh, his email continues. Uh, the fact is, I've worked in law enforcement for over a decade. I only became a police officer uh, because inmates in jail I worked at were told me to become a cop. Uh, they told me if I became a cop, they would know there was at least one honest cop in the world. And I've uh, tried my best to help others and do the right thing. I've tried to help uphold Starfleet values in everything I do, as corny as that sounds. That is I, not corny. That amazing. is very noble. You're and awesome. I love that. And, and, and if there are more people in the world like you, I don't think we'd be having as many problems out there. Especially if they're in politics, for the love of God. <laughs> yes, um, yes. Uh, if I've uh, tried to inspire hope and peace in my uh, interactions with the public, um, it, I, I've tried to inspire hope and peace with my interactions with the public, and I'd like to believe I've done a good job. I've always wanted to do better, uh, but I've always wanted to do better. So yeah, he's, he's done great, but he's you know he holds himself to high standard. Um, sure. So what does this mean for me today? I'm looking to quit being a cop my kids are young and I'm getting old my health is getting worse and I don't know how much longer I will live so do I want to spend the time I have left doing this more than anything why I'm going to keep why am I going to keep risking my life for people who hate me and the color of my skin people tell me all the time they don't even want to see a white person and certainly won't talk to one with one 
And if I want them to do anything, I better be a black cop. Businesses won't serve me, even though I always pay full price and never accept handouts. I have a family. I have family members who have stopped talking to me, even uh, talking to me when I became a police officer. I've been called atrocious things every day, and it hurts. It hurts when people call me a baby killer in the military and blame me for trading blood for oil. It hurts now when the same people spit in my mouth when I was trying to get the box cutter out of his hand because he was trying to kill himself on high ground. Uh, when he tried to kill himself while high on drugs. Now he calls me an oppressor. It should hurt, and I refuse to become callous and turn my back on those in need. I've put up with it for a long time, refusing to be bitter and continuing to serve. Everything for me has changed when the first night of protests. Someone threw a brick through a window of a, of a squad car and hit my friend in the face. He's a good man, a good cop, a black officer who moved here from another state for a job. What did he do to deserve it? The Stanford prison experiment said he was a fascist, so he got what was coming to him? I'm sorry, but this isn't good enough. Someone once told me uh, that a city gets the law enforcement they deserve. They treat their police If they treat their police well, don't overload them, and train them responsibly, they get good cops. Society will soon lose another good cop and keep a few more brutal sadists. I'm sorry to dump all this on you. Things have been hard. As the time I write this, someone just walked uh, past with a sign that says you can't reform white supremacy, abolish the police. They won't even look at me. Keep up the good work on your channel. I've been meaning to tell you I love the new logo. Very Star Trek emotion picture. Any chance I can get a t-shirt? I love the book club. I was on an army mission last year with no electricity, and I read Dune cover to cover while I was uh, there. Hyperion Next. It was directly inspired by Dune and epic storytelling over four books. Feel free to read, paraphrase, this email I'll throw it out all together. Thanks for listening, Brad. Brad, that was an awesome email. And let me just tell you, um, Hyperion, I actually uh, have the book, and I haven't got a chance to read it yet. So I would love to get into that soon. But on top of all that, um, you know, you're in an impossible position right now. You know, you unfortunately, you have to stand up and be the most noble person where you have, like you said, a bunch of sadists out there who... You know, and I'm saying all of them are sadists, but you've admitted that some are brutal sadists. And um, you know, what are you going to do? It's like you get if one person does bad. What is it? Somebody keeps making the joke that um, Chris Rock made a joke. Um, like cops are like um, uh, airline pilots. You can't have a bad airline pilot, right? Yeah, because you know you're gonna freaking crash the plane and kill everybody. <laughs> so I mean, it's like you need you need to everyone needs to be like freaking amazing. So that's a high standard you hold yourself to, and I I appreciate that, and I think a lot of people do. I I don't think the Stanford prison experiment says that you're a fascist. I think that it it what it was trying to show is that um, people can influence other people to be mean spirited. And I mean, and I'm sure you've seen it and you probably have to fight against that, you know, when you see it. I, I don't know. I mean, it's that's your experience. So I I can't speak to it. Yeah. You but know? I mean, I love that you've uh, Brad, that you've been uh, trying to hold Starfleet values. That's amazing. It's not corny. I'm glad that you're such a good person and that you've been working so hard, even though people are just been like absolutely terrible to you. But I mean, like you got kids, you're getting old. I would say like, you know, I, you know, I mean, get out what you can try to get some other work that's not as dangerous so you can like you know you know spend time with your kids and and you know live live a long life 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I I'm just a, I'm of the opinion that you know a lot of people are saying you know, you know abolish the police. I take abolish the police as as a like a strong statement to scare the shit out of people because they think they're going to do that. I think what you're saying, which is a lot of people are saying, is the police can't do all the things we're asking them to do. You know, they can't possibly. Uh, you know, you, you know, stop criminals and rapists and 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 uh, thieves and all this stuff, and also play counselor, and like also they should, like like for domestic disputes, they should literally send out like freaking psychologists or whatever, like have like have like roaming psychologists like to take those kind of calls. Like there should there should be yeah, also and maybe be. have a, a police officer there just to be in case things get out of control, but they they're just there for the you know to to make sure everyone's safe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there should be more of that stuff. There should be more uh, drug treatment treatment programs and not um, you know not have all those stuff get cut all the time because you know that's always on the chopping block. You know, all these drug programs to get people rehabilitated, you know, at one minute um, we'll have funding and next minute they'll take all the funding away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, it's, it's, it's a mess, you know, and that's what we need to really start caring about people. I just don't think, honestly, as Dave says, I don't think a lot of these um, you know, higher ups, you know, if it's mayors, if it's governors, um, you know, even our, you know, higher senators and, and presidents don't really care about the common man. You know, I think we, we unfortunately are all kind of like tied into this whole like, unfortunately, um, corporate sponsored uh, democracy where they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll worry about you. But until first, we got to take care of our corporate sponsors. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's insane. And unfortunately, we get we get the shaft all the time. So we don't get the funding we need, you know, and we don't get to do. I mean, uh, it's just it's too it's too much to ask of the police to do all those things. And maybe we need to reimagine reimagine what the the police do and what other ways we can help society, you know. So yeah, absolutely. But uh, that's that's uh, that's that's a great email and um, thank you so much for writing and, and pouring out your heart to us. I mean, it's it's great to hear from you know uh, from you and obviously and, we hit a nerve. Yeah, yeah, we're sorry. And I didn't, you know, and honestly, we didn't mean to upset you. And uh, Stanford's prisoner ex- uh, prison experiment is only me talking about my limited knowledge on psychology. You know, so yeah, um, I, I, I know some things, but I don't know a ton of things. I you know, I'm not. It's not my wheelhouse. I just I, I took some courses in college on it. You know. Yeah. Sounds good. But now on to the expanse. So guys, we're gonna be doing things a little bit differently. Or um since the expanse is new and we want to try to hit on newer things. Um we're thinking we'll do a lot more minimal recaps since that's probably not as interesting to hear as like just our discussion on it. So we're gonna do like a lot shorter recaps, like like find like a, a sentence or two description of each episode, and then kind of go into it. Hopefully, you'll like this feel of the episodes better. Uh, let us know what you think. You can always email us at synthaholicsyahoo.com. But we are into season two of the yeah. Expanse. 
and uh, just oh, just on top of that, we we did the recaps originally because a lot of people said they would, we didn't know what episode we were talking about. <laughs> well, because we were doing Star Trek, and there's like seven hundred something episodes of Star right. Trek. It might be right. close to eight hundred now with the two seasons of Discovery and, and a season of Picard. So I mean, there's so many episodes. So we originally did that as 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 response to feedback on Star Trek episodes. So um, going forward, we're talking about new Star Trek. You know, episodes as they come out, lower decks, like we were talking about earlier. Um, st- season three of Discovery, Picard. We'll probably start doing like like sentence or two recaps, and then just get into it uh, and just do more discussion. And since the Expanse is relatively new, and you guys are I, you know, obviously Expanse fans, if you're listening to this, uh, you know what's happening. So we're just kind of kind of go into it, and, and it, it's it, with it being serialized for me, like all this stuff kind of runs together in my head anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, true enough. So, true enough. Here we go. So, um, the first episode uh, of season two is safe. Miller and Holden and the rest of the crew deal with the aftermath of the narrow escape from Eros. Martian Marine Gunnery Sergeant Bobby Draper and her platoon witnesses growing tensions between Earth and Mars. And then episode two is Doors and Corners. With the help of Fred Johnson and the OPA, Miller, Holden, and his crew raid an inform uh, raid on for the information on the. Uh, proto-molecule on Earth. Uh, Christian uh, Christian learns of a... Christian learns a truth about Fred Johnson. Dun-dun-dun! Man, like, season two, it opened up with, like, the... (laughs) Bobby Draper running out. uh, Yeah. And her her platoon. And they're just, like, trying to do stuff on Mars. And it's like, 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 who are they fighting? Aren't they on Mars? Yeah, I, I was curious, but obviously it was just um, kind of do a training thing. But I, what I thought was really cool was that they had their machine guns in their armor under uh, under their hands. Oh yeah, yeah, like built in. Like I think I think I saw online somewhere that um, their armor was created by the same studio that did the Iron Man's armor, like the, oh, nice. the, the fabrication place that nice. fabricated uh, the armor for Iron Man. They fabricated Bobby's um, outfit. And, like, I don't know, like, my initial impressions of Bobby, because she's, like, super, like, Ma's this, Ma's this, we're going to, like, fight. Ma's, Ma's, Ma's. I, I thought she was going to, like, like, I mean, I mean, my initial impression with her is, like, she's going to, like, she's going to, she's going to cause the war between, she's, um. She's going to, she's a loose fire, she's a loose uh, cannon there. Well, I, but she's just so, like, adamant, and she's, she's, she's really badass, too. So, I mean, like, I'm not going to get into what she does, because we're not there yet. But I just right. know my initial impression was like, oh man, is she gonna cause like the, like the the rift between Earth and Mars? Is she gonna like start sh- be, be trigger happy? Because right. that, that's right. how she was kind of presented at first. She's it, so it, it, she even has a whole thing with uh, her commanding officer. He's like, hey, uh, you know, I I was there where they were gonna nuke, they were gonna nuke Mars. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, we were we were like we were worried that we weren't gonna see the next day and then, you know, thankfully uh cooler had pre- prevailed. It's like the and Cuban she, Missile Crisis in space. I thought the exact same thing. I thought Cuban Missile Crisis right there. And um and she just kinda looks at him like, Yeah, we all were told that bedtime story. We knew and that he, story from when we were babies. <laughs> and and he's like, Yeah, you were told it because it was a serious thing and, and, and we could have all died. So let's like let's try to be cool here uh draper and uh she's like she's kind of like looks at him angrily like yeah right i'm gonna like i'm gonna play cool i wonder if jfk2 ordered all the nice um martian cigars before placing the martian embargo after the martian 
missile crisis. Do you know there the CIA was trying to put explosives in uh, Castro cigars? Yes. yes. <laughs> so he would smoke it, and they would explode and kill him. And it failed. <laughs> that was on the last podcast of the laugh. We listened to the JFK episode. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I knew that before that, but I didn't know. I I forgot to even mention that. In yeah, episode. yeah, that was part of that episode. I remember, I remember that. Um, but yeah, I mean, this was. I, she's an awesome character, and like she's. I I mean, as the series goes on, she's probably like in like my top three or four characters in the expanse. She is amazing. Interesting because I haven't got that far ahead yet because um, I I started watching ahead but then I got so just what's your, mine. what's your initial um, uh, take on on her because I mean that I, mean, I was telling you mine because I, I was like, uh, oh, she seems she seems hot headed I mean she seems controlled uh, especially with her own uh, unit yeah you know she seems like she she's keeping uh, the the peace between them obviously you got that one kid I forgot his name right now but the one marine who uh, immigrated to, uh, from Earth from to Earth. Mars when he was like five shit. of them. Yeah, he, he gives shit, but, you know, he's like, he's still Martian. Um, I, I, so. love, I love how the the, Marine, uh, the Marines were like, in her platoon, were like, you should go sleep with the sergeant. Yeah, and he says, I don't use sex as a weapon. I, I use, use weapons, weapons as weapons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's great. I love, yeah. I love Bobby Draper. She's amazing. Um, she gets better. Yeah. But I, I got to say, at first, I was like, oh, oh. She's at a yeah, cross. I, I I thought she was gonna be a bad guy, and then she's not. She's not a bad guy. She's she's pretty, she's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, I and you know, it's funny. You you said the name of the episode, and I and I, obviously I knew the name, but I just realized when I heard the name safe that, that they were safe from Eros. But there's about the safe that they cracked. <laughs> yeah, because well, I mean, put those two together. <laughs> that, that was like a that was like a leftover from season one. Where I mean, because yeah. we're still technically in the first book of Leviathan Wakes at this point. Mm-hmm. So that safe, they're just they, they open up the safe in the episode, and like I always, I mean, like, I, I I didn't like when I first was watching season one, I didn't know a lot about the lore. I've done a lot more research on it, how the ships are set up and everything, and just by the way the ships were and how the gravity worked in season one, I always figured the ships were oriented like a rocket ship, but the season two like confirms it for sure because you get the camera pulling in, um, and Amos is standing. The ship is like you know like. Like horizontal, like you see him in Star Trek, or whatever. But yeah. Amos is standing like sideways to that because the the way the decks of the ship are set up. So I was like, oh, that's really cool. Like this, I figured they were set that that way. But I was like, it was nice seeing the confirmation that that's how the ships are laid out. Why? Why would? Why do they change them like that? Do they have? They have? I mean, they don't have anti grab. They do not decks, have. Like- yeah, because the reason the reason they're sideways when they're flying like that is because I mean the decks are. It's like. You know, think of a rocket ship before it launches on Earth. The the decks are are um, up and down, not left yeah. And right. So that's I mean, what I thought they were. Yeah, yeah, and they are. I, I thought you said they were like Star Trek. I'm no, sorry. no, no. The ship was oriented like Star Trek, but he was like ninety degrees to that. And, and, uh, oh, all right, right, right. Yeah, okay. That's how I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah thought, that, that, I, that's how it was, and that's in season one. That's how I thought it was based on what they were showing. But they didn't because when they stop, they start floating around. Yeah, and, but they never showed an exterior shot like that until season two. So then we gotcha. got like prefer, we've got like the visual confirmation. That's how the ships are laid out. And I was like, okay, that's how I thought they were. But it was nice to see it, right? For, gotcha. for real, with Amos breaking up in the safe. And there's some nice proto molecule in the safe. It's like, huh? Oh, look at that! that. Really, is that a good place to put your proto molecule? Don't put it. And they, um, yeah, and they have to decide what they're going to do with it. So uh, they're going to just stash it out in some uh, stash it on asteroid, some asteroid, and hope that nobody ever finds it. 
Mm, that's a, I mean, like space is a big space, big place, and there's lots of just like floating rocks. I mean, there's like hundreds of, if not thousands, of like near Earth asteroids that like nearly miss us like a couple times a year because they're just like in an orbit where they like come near our atmosphere. Yeah. I, I know I read on scientific things that like you know we we have like near misses a couple times. A year oh from, like, yeah, and you know what? I that really chaps my ass because a lot of news organization goes, uh, you know, like asteroids going to be close to hitting Earth. And I'm like, it's, and then you read it, it's like you know millions of miles away or something like that. You know, it's like mm-hmm. okay, it's relative in space. You know, like near miss doesn't mean they're going to totally hit us. It's, yeah. it, there's a chance they could hit, but probably they won't. So. Yeah, um, but I mean, it's, it's just interesting. There's so many near Earth objects, but I mean, the vast majority of our um, asteroids are in the belt, you know, mm-hmm. between Mars and Jupiter, like like in, in the show. And then there's the Kuiper Belt out um, around the same distance as uh, Pluto. Right. Exactly. And um, what's interesting is that first they were just like just put on a torpedo and fire it into the sun, <laughs> and uh, they're like, yeah, they'll do it. And then they're like, and um, Naomi's like. Wait, we don't. Maybe this could give people a cure. We don't know. We don't know what we're dealing with here. You know, all those people in Eros could maybe be cured. Making so, it a bargaining uh, chip, which is like a smart idea. But they don't want to give it to Fred Johnson. <laughs> they know one thing: do not give it to Fred Johnson. Oh so. come on, Fred's not a bad guy, right? Yeah, he's he's like. Uh, I still don't know if Fred Johnson's a bad guy. I've seen the entire series. I'm like, huh. Yeah, he's he's just kind of like that in between kind of guy, you know. He's, he's gray through and through, and he's 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 to me. Well, except when he killed all those people. I mean, yeah, no, but I mean, like that was in the past. But I mean, as far as the show goes, his current actions, he's been in the gray for like a while, and like I mean, he's not. I mean, I mean, he's probably end up being a good guy, but I mean, I also wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being a bad guy later on. You know what I mean? Like he's like perfectly gray in the show. I think. Yeah. Uh, as far as we're seeing him currently. Uh, throughout, and that's just yeah. my take on it. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm kind of on the fence because I I've watched a few episodes ahead in season two, um, and Fred Johnson and the crew seem to get a little more uh, along. He's they're not as abrasive, but he, you still know he's doing all these power plays. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, the other thing I, I thought was uh, really, uh, especially for uh, Safe, was really um, uh, powerful was the uh, interaction between Miller. And uh, Amos. Oh, that was so great. It's just like, Amos like, yeah, I killed your guy. I mean, take a swing at me if you need to. Yeah, but Amos just like knocks Miller on his ass. Immediately. Miller goes back for seconds. Miller, you know, first of all, he's getting over radiation sickness. And there's even a lot of jokes, you know, like, you know, you'll never have kids again. And I guess the medicine they have, at least they get to keep their hair. Yeah. And uh, thanks for the radiation, um, stuff like that. Thanks so there's, for the cancer. Thanks for the cancer. That was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of great jokes that that are uh, with the um, their radiation poisoning. But mm-hmm. he's still sick. <laughs> and he was just lays them out uh, just in the kitchen there when they, uh, they get in each other's face. Amos tells him to stay down and, and Miller comes back for seconds. And Amos like almost chokes him out on the table. Like Amos is just like. He was going to kill him. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I just, it's, but the thing is, like, Amos is so black and white about things. He's like, look, you can take a swing at me. It's fine. But I'm, it's like, but, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to fight back if you're going to start a fight. Yeah. But you, don't you think at some point he's got to be like, like, what does it serve 
to kill this guy right now. You yeah. know, it's know. that's that's part where Amos falls apart for me. You know, like I was warming up to Amos uh, a little bit, but when I saw this scene, I was sort of just like, eh, you know. Now, this might have actually be- been before I start warming up to Amos more. I think in a couple more scenes I'll warm up to him even more. Yeah, yeah. But this scene kind of took me back. I was like warming up to him a little bit, and then I was like, ah, fuck that guy. <laughs> you know? Because I like Miller. I like Miller a lot. I like Miller a lot, too. But I mean, also, I also like Amos a lot. But I mean, like, also, I mean, I mean, yeah. But I mean, also, you don't take a swing at a guy. I mean, like, just. <sighs> But the thing is, I think Miller took a swing at him because Miller has nothing to live for. Well, Miller doesn't have anything to live for. And, you know, him and Semi were like kids, friend, friends since they were childhood, you know? Yeah. I mean, they went to, they went, they became police together, the whole thing. So, I mean, like, this is a lifelong friend, and, and Amos shot him. And, uh, yeah, I, honestly, Semi was, you know, tripping. He really yeah. was. He shouldn't have been doing what he did. Like he he was shoot. He's he's pointing his gun at Naomi and you know, threatening everybody. You know, yeah. and I know he was under stress and they and that things looked pretty bleak. But you know, she said we're going to wait for, you know, Holden to get back. So, but the and, thing uh, is, like Naomi, who's known Holden for like max like two or three years, like working on uh, on the um, the cant. Yeah. For, and then versus lifelong friends, she's like, oh, I'm going to stay for him. And like, they've known each other for years. And Sammy's like, yeah, leave him. Yeah. So, but, I mean, like, I mean, but also, just, but, but Naomi knows that Holden came back for them on the Donager. Yeah, that's true. So she's, she, she's got that. She's, she feels like, you know, this guy is better than I, I assume maybe he was originally. Built in loyalty. I mean, it's, it's true. But I, I mean, like, I mean, but, but like I said, going back to what I was saying, Miller has nothing to live for. Uh, he was living for Julie Mal. Julie Mal was dead on in, in her freaking shower. Yeah. So he's got nothing to live for. He was like, especially he got fired. He doesn't. He doesn't even have. He doesn't even have his job. He doesn't have his health. He was like freaking irradiated. He's barely alive. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have anything to live for. He's a belter. So he's just inherent. Even if he was the same age as Amos, he's inherently weaker just because Amos was born on Earth. Yeah. Right. Right. So I mean, okay. like you know, at the, you know. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm gonna get revenge for my friend by punching this big earther, but also I've got nothing to live for. If he kills me, you know, no skin off my back. I got nothing to live for anyway. Because, right. I mean, that's just kind of my take on it. Because I do love Miller and I do love Amos, but I mean, Miller's reasoning for doing it's like, yeah, I got nothing, nothing going for me. So I guess I'll. Because Miller starts doing all sorts of stuff outside his comfort zone because he's got, like I said, nothing to live for. Yeah, exactly. And he doesn't mind going into, uh, well, I mean, obviously he's a fish out of water now that he's off series, so. Um, flying on ships. Flying on ships. Doing weird well, stuff. Yeah, so yeah, that's um, one of those uh, one of those really, you know, like, cool scenes, but also, like, uh, like kind of pissed me off. But I was like, yeah, that's good. And, I, like, Naomi had to stop Amos from killing him, yes. so. At least, at least he listens to Naomi still. It's funny because Naomi later comes to him because you ever hear the story, old story of Pinocchio? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, she's Jiminy Cricket. Yeah. She's his conscious. Yeah. That's basically that's exactly what she is. Basically what, he, what she is to Amos. Yeah. 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 Um, also, we get the whole um, things on Earth, obviously, uh, Air, uh, Airite and uh, uh, Jules Meow. 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 Jules Pierre Meow. We find out that they are totally working together now they're totally and in bed together they they're in showed bed everything together. but the bed 
And um, he's like, he and Mao basically said, "Hey, I sacrificed my daughter for this shit. You can you can make up some uh, some dog shit stuff to get uh, to get the UN ships over there and you know doing what we need to do to uh, get this protomolecule thing under control." Mm-hmm. So um, and so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So basically, Mars and Earth are sending ships to Phoebe. Mars yeah. ends up beating them, and Mars blows it up. And so yeah. like, everyone's like, oh, what are they hiding? And the other one's like, oh, what are they hiding? So, like, uh, there's all sorts of crap going on between the governments because no one knows what's going on. Because Well, and they have the UN meeting, mm-hmm. and we uh, Christian almost gets killed. Uh, OPA sends some kind of explosive on her plane, and uh, she gets almost killed. So she almost does the uh, whole pr- pr- uh, Princess Amidala on the yeah, landing. It's pad. very much like that, except, oh, my God, her clothes are so much better season two oh, than they yeah. were in season one. Like, yeah, her clothes got a massive upgrade. Yeah, it did. Like, wow. And she knows that something's up. She knows air right, something's going on. Because when they have that U.N. meeting, uh, the admiral of the, uh, of the U.N. fleet is kind of just like, we're just going to escalate things, and Mars doesn't want to escalate. You know they don't. They want to build, you know, domes for their people. They don't want to go to war. Mm. And and um, you know, Airite's like, no, redeploy the fleet. Make sure that we're on every Martian vessel that's being mobilized. You and know, then, and then the good uh, the good guy, the good like, fleet admiral, he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And then we get the little asshole guy, little who, asshole who becomes the fleet command. <laughs> uh, I don't like him. He's a bad guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and and the and the the fear is that uh, what uh, Airite and uh, Mao are talking is that they're afraid that the Eros is going to more people are going to show up at Eros now. They put the warning beacons out, but you know, just not to go to Eros because infected. But they said do-gooders are trying to get there, and also. Uh, you know, like people are trying to raid, are going to like scavenge uh, arrows, and like <laughs> they can't go there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, and like so, they find out that there's the Thoth station where all the uh, the scientists are doing their stuff, and and they need to get a whole bunch of OPA people to go and, and raid it uh, with mm-hmm. uh, with Holden and the Rosinante, mm-hmm. and like Fred Johnson just airlocks a dude for like. Trying to pull up faction, try to pull faction on him in the open. That was pretty. I mean, that was cold, but you know he had to play top dog there. Yeah, and then um, but they get they get people, and then uh, freaking Miller joins the crew to go down on uh, uh, to raid Arrow Station. I, I love the scene where um, before they go, Alex is training to be a uh, to to learn how to fight better, uh, and they're doing all these simulations. Oh yeah, doing to, like, the simulations yeah. over and over again. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, we, we, we kind of glossed over the fact that when they were going to shoot the protomarticle out on that on that uh, torpedo thing, they were going to hide it. Uh, when they were setting it up, Holden and Naomi, they hook up. Oh, yeah. They they start doing the sex thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They start doing the sex thing. So, oh, well, she, huh. knows she, st- she knows he's sterile. So she's like, yeah, good to go. Good to go. <laughs> Cancer. <laughs> She no, she literally sterilized him with the. With the oh, anti- I know she anti- did. Yeah, I know she did. She's so like, she's I don't like, want mm, good to go. Yeah, don't have to worry. Blanks forever now. I mean, still could have venereal disease, but whatever. Oh, at least I can't get preggers. I mean, if they can cure cancer, I'm sure they can cure venereal diseases. So at this point, 
It's just, so, just kind of great in the expanse. Like no one has to be a doctor. It's like they killed the doctor within the first like two or three episodes of the dead. series. And, but like no one. They, Aren't they two sheds, Jackson? Yeah, <laughs> yeah two sheds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they got they've got uh, like all the equipment so advanced anyone can. Yeah. <laughs> in the future, medicine so advanced a caveman can do it. Caveman can do it, <laughs> or Bigfoot, or Bigfoot. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> Good God. Um, yeah, so uh, it, we also get like the crew at the very end, like uh, eating like lasagna together. Yeah, Alex makes some protein lasagna. Yeah, and they're all like having a big uh, lovey dovey um, time together. And, I mean, even Miller shows up, and him and uh, Miller look at e- uh, Amos and Miller look at each other and have some lasagna together. Can I have some lasagna? Have a breadstick. Mm. <laughs> Never-ending breadsticks. Never-ending breadsticks. <laughs> they wish it was bread. Oh, they have to talk about the cheese caper. <laughs> the Doors next episode, birds. they uh, basically assault Phoebe Station. Yeah. Phoebe, that was like a very tense thing because they're... Uh, I mean, not, they're Phoebe, not Phoebe, I'm sorry. Um, uh, Thoth. Thoth Station. Thoth? Thoth. They do the Thoth? Yeah, that's the space station they go to. Oh, well, the space station. I'm sorry. I'm talking. Uh, yeah, the, well, uh, the the Martians destroy the Phoebe station. Yeah, and, Martians destroyed Phoebe, which is uh, right. one of Saturn's moons. It's where the protomolecule originated. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So and that they were trying to cover up that evidence, mm-hmm. and uh, they didn't want people knowing about that shit. Uh, they, Alex gets all trained up so he can fight the uh, stealth ship, which they know is hiding around Phoebe Station. And uh, I just, like I said earlier, I love that sequence because Alex is like, "I got to be a better pilot. I got to be. I'm not hauling spaghetti anymore." <laughs> you got the sauce too now, kid, and the meatballs. Yeah, I gotta, gotta, gotta keep everything. And uh, the um, and Miller signs up for the drop ship and. He meets his water stealing kid. Yeah, and honestly, I, I know. I think I said this before, uh, but I didn't realize it was the same kid. I had to like take back, like, wait, who's that kid? And I had to like look him up. I was like, oh, that's the kid from the water thing. The water, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's crazy. So. And and I know they haven't shown much of Drummer yet. Uh, Drummer's uh, uh, Johnson's uh, female like cohort in in this um like she she yeah. works for him. Like right. she, she's not much in these two episodes, but she's like I think she becomes like like my, like my second favorite character in the Expanse. Okay. She's, she is amazing, uh, drummer. Oh man, I can't wait to see more of her again because um, she's not much in these couple episodes, but she's kind of like she's super dry. Mm-hmm. She's like mm-hmm. she's got that really thick belter accent. It's kind of sexy. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, you know, it's funny. The accents are great, but sometimes if I don't have the subtitles on, I have no idea what they're saying. <laughs> I, I, a couple times, I, I remember the first couple episodes I watched, especially on series, I didn't know what they were saying. I was like, I, I thought they were literally speaking another language, so I put on the subtitles, and then I could understand what they're saying. I was like, okay, I get it now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, with the, the, um, the belter talk. with the um, Yeah, the, the belter prostitute. talk is it's pretty clever because, you know, the, the Creo that they've set up for them is pretty clever. So yeah, it's, it's, nice. it's real good. Like, it's, it's man, there's some great belters in the, some upcoming seasons that are just really good. Yeah. Yeah, but so, yeah, they have to infiltrate that, uh, that uh, the, sta- the station there. That uh, that has um, what's his name uh, Dresden, mm-hmm. who they saw his files uh, before. They were kind of watching his files of what happened on Phoebe Station, so they know what happened on Phoebe with the protomolecule. 
And that there was that was their first experiment, and that they needed something bigger, which is why they chose Eros. Right, exactly. So, uh, and, and then that's why they decided to they're going to try to get more information from this Dresden. Mm-hmm. Dresden, he's a uh, like a moral, amoral person. Like, I don't mean amoral. He's like he has no morals. He's just like kind of just like we just need to get the information about this proto molecule, and who cares who who dies? Yeah, I mean when they when they they raid the station, they get. Um they get on it, which is a really great sequence. And they're using Absolutely. FedEx, they're using FedEx cargo containers to, as drop ships. Which I thought was they, just, do you think they did that? Like, got like FedEx say, "Hey, we're gonna do." Was that sponsor? I want. I don't know if that's in the book. I, I got. I gotta find. I, I'm not that far in the book yet. Well, it's Am- is, is this when Amazon took over? No, this no, is no, still this season, still sci-fi. Season one, two, and three are um, are uh, sci-fi. Yeah, I just was wondering because. Um, because you know, I just thought that was hilarious. FedEx trucks. I'm like, yes. Yeah. Like, yeah right, right. Does FedEx still exist in the future? Or are these just old trucks? They they, they just slapped the old trucks to it. Yeah, they just like <laughs> rotted trucks, sealed them up, put an air uh, air recycler on them, and called it a day. Yeah. Yeah. Funny. It's great <laughs> it's stuff. Kind of amazing. And apparently, all the all the scientists on Thoth are just using gel capsules. Uh, gel, gel guns or whatever, because like they the the kid gets shot and you think his head got exploded, but it's just uh, I did too at that first. I was like, oh shit! And oh, I was, yeah, like, oh. I was like, oh no! But yeah, they're just uh, Miller's like, stop! They, they use gel, so I mean, like, uh, even though he's a fish out of water in space, his his cop knowledge is proving useful here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, all these weirdos are hooked up to this virtual reality machine. And what did you think about that? Wasn't that bizarre? It reminded me of the um uh, No, yeah. It reminded me of the Enterprise episode with the Romulans with the uh experimental ship. Oh yeah. Where, yeah. They, where they had that uh albino Romulan that was running everything. Uh uh-huh. yeah. that's what it reminded me of. And then like they unhooked him from the thing and they all went berserk and they started killing him. I was like, No, no, gotta keep him alive, gotta keep him alive. I know, and it's like, and, and I know we're gonna find out more about these guys, but these guys are fucked up. They are so messed up. Uh, yeah, these are kind of fucked up. So. I cannot got, wait to talk about that. Yeah, they got magnetic lobotomies. Yeah, it's Basically. insane. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and the last podcast on the left is also doing talking about lobotomies lately. So we're, that's why that we came we up. are are uh, totally the official. Um, uh, promoters of last podcast. Yes, if only they would promote us half as much. <laughs> yeah, we would. We would go a lot further in life. Well, absolutely. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, what'd you think about what Miller does here at well, Doth? Oh, when he just shoots Dresden. Yeah. Oh my god! I was like, what? You maniac! You maniac! Oh man, I was so mad at Miller. I was so yeah, mad at I Miller. I was pretty like, I was pretty like, you fucking idiot! You just shot Cause, him because like. like we could get all this information. All from this, this information—it's so interesting. I was just like, it was like, what? This dead end? They just—they just cut. They just how did they just kill this guy? Like, wh- he's got all this information for the pro- like. I want to know what this thing is, and it just like steps on it, just destroys it. Like, what? No, but but he was oh, like, man. yeah, he was evil. He had to die. I mean, I yeah, but yeah, but I just—I mean, like. Well, I mean that was Miller's. That was Miller's thought. I yeah. mean, I didn't agree with it. Oh yeah, I, I, but I was. I just was like, no, Miller, don't. Why'd you? I, I just like. It's just crazy. I mean, I'm sure they're they're gonna like figure out another way. But just man, just I was just so mad at Miller. Like, what'd you do? 
This is like plot gold here. You just, you just, you just killed it. You just shit all over it, Miller. Miller, damn it. Um, he's just, uh, he's sad. He just his sperm doesn't work anymore. <laughs> um, what did you think of that big fight uh, with at, at the station with um, Alex going against the um, uh, was it the Martian? Uh, no, it was the Earth. It was uh, the UN. stealth ship. Yeah, it was. It was pretty cool. I mean, like I love how they handled the space battles. They had to evacuate all the air so that uh, you know if they got shot, they didn't have to worry about you know sealing it up immediately. They just got all in their space suits. It was it was really cool. Like in. Space battle in the expanse is unlike anything sci-fi I've ever seen before. It's yeah, it's really cool. So Some cool, and and it's like as close to reality as like as as possible because you know you do torpedoes for super long range, you do mm-hmm. um, rail guns for medium range, and then you do the PDCs for close range. And I'm like, it makes sense. And yeah. they're still using realistic weapons. So, I mean, like, it's it's really cool. I mean, like, you know, Star Trek's got phasers and photon torpedoes and quantum torpedoes and all this other stuff. But uh, it's just well, really Well, that's the thing in Star how. Trek. You always see them. They're, like, right on each other. But that's really not how it would be. Very rarely would they, in Star Trek, would they be that close. They'd be, like, you know, kilometers apart. You know, like, very far. Yeah. Because the phasers can go at the speed of light. So they're just, like, shoot as fast as they hit, you know. And, and torpedoes are... are Incredibly fast too. So I guess it's just more exciting for them to look like they're like close to each other, like oh. a, like a dogfight. But I mean, but instead of exciting, expanse builds tension. It's like, right. oh crap, are they going to be able to stop the torpedo? Because look, they can't. Like you know, they had a couple of seconds. I mean, in, in the book, it was like they had minutes, and before yeah. the thing said, it's like, oh, are they going to stall them? You know, like there was like a, a lot of time. It's like you know, the, the tension is is interesting, is an interesting uh, feeling in the in the fight instead of. Uh, instead of the excitement of a fast battle, it's more like mm-hmm. a, te- a, ten- uh, a battle with tension. So, I mean, it's a very different way of doing space battles, and uh, it works really well. It's it's different, and I, I like that, because there's, like, no tension in Star Wars. There's very little tension in the space battles in Star Trek. Yeah. And the only time I felt tension was, like, in Star Trek Beyond, when the, the little small ships just tore up the Enterprise, because that was, like, you know, it's like losing your favorite character. I'm like, on a show. What are you gonna do? Why? Yeah, it's just like, you uh, <laughs> that that was painful to watch. I mean, that was that was, I think that was the most tense I've ever been watching Star Trek. In, really, in, in that's that, that was it. That was that was that was what did you in right there? That's interesting. That was the most tension I felt during a space battle in Star Trek, probably because it's just the Enterprise was just getting wrecked, and it was just losing nacelles left and right, lost the saucer section. It was just, oh, uh, mm-hmm. it kind of gutted me seeing the Enterprise getting destroyed like that. I mean, it got messed up in Wrath of Khan. But I mean, and and, and in um, undiscovered country, undiscovered country, uh, yeah, a little bit, yeah. I mean, like I don't know. I guess yeah, I, was, I, I guess change. I guess I was younger when they came out. So like my initial seeing them, I'd seen them so many times. By the time I was older, yeah. the thought of yeah. tension wasn't really. Res- I mean, as an adult, maybe if I'd never seen them before, they might have felt like a little bit more tension. I, well, but, I got to say, the expanse. You know, makes um, space battles so much better. I mean, I love obviously a good Star Trek, you know, ship to ship fight, but uh, this makes it more realistic, more gritty, more believable. Um, yeah, I just I love it. It's it's just so cool how they do things. Yeah. This show is just the show really has got it all figured out, man. Yeah, they've they've done such a great job on the science part and the story part. It's just I. I mean, I can't say enough good things about The Expanse. If you guys 
or you're still here because you're from Star Trek and you haven't seen the Expanse, it absolutely watch the Expanse. Yeah, Fantastic. why aren't you? Why aren't you watching the Expanse? Get get uh, get Amazon Prime because you're going to probably get order packages anyways, uh, and you know you can watch the movies. There's there's good there's some good movies on there. Not a lot of great yeah. movies, but. <laughs> There's some stuff on there. I mean, a lot of Star Trek also- actually. A lot of a lot of Star Trek on Amazon Prime actually. I I just watched Undiscovered Country maybe a couple weeks back. I was like, oh, Undiscovered Country's on there's here. Man in High Castle. There's um, yeah, the Tick. Yeah. There's um, don't talk to me about the Tick. <laughs> there's uh, uh, was it the Boys? Oh, the Boys is fucking boys amazing. Is great. Yeah, so yeah. good. There's there's good stuff to watch on Amazon Prime beside the Expanse, but the Expanse is just so good. Yeah. Um, so uh, definitely check out the Expanse. Uh, and to keep tuning in to us because we love talking about it. It's just yes. a phenomenal Keep talking show. to us. Keep, keep, keep listening because uh, we are going to try to wrap up this uh, expanse and hopefully we get it done fast enough so we can get into uh, Lower Decks. So I don't know where we'll be. We'll have to plot that one out. Well, I mean, Lower Decks will be starting in, in August. So, I mean, we'll probably be in season Close. two maybe by then. I mean, we're in season two right now. Maybe season three by then. But I mean, the thing is, I mean, we uh, we don't want to burn it too too quick because we got probably till December or later for Expanse season five to come out. So I mean, we yeah. we got time. We don't. I mean, ideally, we'd like to finish before season five comes out so we can talk about season five fresh, like mm-hmm. as it's coming out, which would be fantastic because that would be great. I'd love I, that. I, I'd love I that can't as well. wait. That way, we can do rotations of like Discovery. Expanse, Picard, Lower Decks, and have like all new shows we're talking about all the time. So we just got we got a couple seasons to catch up on, and then we'll, we'll be there. But man, the Expanse hasn't let me down yet. No, it's not. It's it's me neither. it's been great, and I mean, like we talked about last episode, what they did in ten episodes was just amazing. Yeah, and I'm so glad they didn't have to wrap up the entire first book because I mean we're still. We're two episodes into season two, and we're two, still right. not at the end of the first book yet. We still got a couple more episodes before we actually get to the end of the first book. And oh, what an ending! Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, next week it'll probably be Guy in there. I mean, we haven't asked him yet, so uh, we're just kind of assuming. But uh, we're hoping. Be, might, might, but, he's, be, but he says he'll he'll talk about Expanse anytime, any place, anywhere. So in a bathroom and uh, Delta <laughs> Sonic or something. <laughs> Delta Sonic. <laughs> What? I can't hear you. I can't, I, this someone's spraying my car. <laughs> um, the car wash is too loud. Um, car wash. But uh, yeah, um, hopefully that'll be because I'm I'm getting married. Next yeah, time Dave's we're, getting married. Uh, all happened. you ladies, I'm sorry. The uh, man is off the market. Aaron's been off the market before we started the show. So I was off the market even even uh, after uh, even before I was married. People were like, all the girls like, oh, oh. no. <laughs> <laughs> but Bigfoot was like, <laughs> Bigfoot is all. I mean, I mean, Bigfoot's his first true love. So. Yes. <laughs> Um, <laughs> he sh- when he showed you his pizza, it was love at first bite. If, if you want to know what our Bigfoot joke, you have to watch. I listen to our um, uh, our, uh, our Dune, Dune episode uh, seven, which will come out before you, you'll this hear one. that before this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it'll be out before this one. All right, cool guys. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Brad, for that awesome email and our response. I hope uh, you know. I hope. Uh, our response was cogent. 
<laughs> I mean, it was such a long email. We were trying to break it up in chunks so we could talk about it in, in bits. Because uh, it's, we, it's a loaded potato. It's a loaded potato. The whole subject. When we've read long emails before and tried to answer them after, we've we've missed lots of stuff to respond to. So I figured chunks would be the best way of going through it. Chunks. Yes. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And uh, so thank you for that email. Obviously, lower decks. We're excited to see that because it does look exciting, and hopefully, it'll be fun. You know, They'll be funny. They don't fuck it up. Um, and obviously, Expanse is awesome. We're just loving that. And if you're not listening to Dune, please listen to Dune. Uh, pick up a Dune book. It's quick, quick reads, c- a couple chapters uh, a week, and it make make it bite sized pieces of uh, recapping Dune chapter by chapter. We try to do chapter uh, two chapters a, a week. So yeah, and and I'm excited to get into it and get past where the, it starts differentiating more and more from the movie because. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> everyone says I've never read Dune from cover to cover before. So like everyone says, Dune is like one of this like this like pedestal of like great sci-fi. So I'm just I can't wait to finish it cover to cover and be like, why well, see like what everyone's been talking about and like see why this is one of the greats of science fiction. So I'm really excited to see the book finally after seeing the movies many times. The movie going like eh, I don't get it. It's okay. It's weird. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, it, the book is weird too. But anyways, uh, yeah. So tune into Dune, and uh, like Dave said, he's getting married. So congratulations, Dave! Thank you. Uh, you uh, getting married? It's uh, a very actually. By the time this episode drops, I will be married. But you will be, be reco- But I won't be recording for the next episode that Aaron will be on. So it's just it's timey wimey sci fi stuff with the yeah. podcast release dates. Exactly. But yeah, congratulations, and uh, I hope Aaron's you guys. Best man. I am the best man, and I will um, try not to embarrass you. Oh, I'm, I'm, always, I'm always embarrassed, so it's fine. It's okay. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's how I live my life. <laughs> That's great. All right, guys. Well, uh, hey, everybody. If you have different thoughts, different feelings about what we're saying, if you have more to chime in about uh, Beyond the Fire of the Star, if you want to talk about The Expanse, if you want to talk about Lower Decks or Dune, please hit us up. Uh, you can hit us up at our Facebook page, uh, Facebook forward slash groups forward slash Synthaholics. Uh, a lot of people talk and uh, chat there. You can email us at Synthaholics at Yahoo.com. You can tweet at us at a Synthaholics Duo. Awesome stuff. And uh, if this show is something you want to support, we would love uh, to help have some of that support uh, monetarily and go to our Patreon, Patreon forward slash Synthaholics. That would be awesome as well. All right, guys. Um, more Expanse coming. Uh, Dave's going to do his nuptials. And uh, we don't know what's going to happen. Probably more Expanse. <laughs> Probably Mark's best, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Until next time, live long and prosper, one and all. Don't let the proto molecule turn you blue. No. Well, McCoy, my boy, come mix me a drink. Before the night's over, I'll puke in the sink. And we'll cry till we laugh. And we'll both shit our pants. You're the best drinking friend I ever had. Yeah, yeah. This is such a perfect show. It is a great show. I don't know what. I don't know. I how can you have a show like that and then have like the hot heap of garbage of Picard? Alex Kurtzman. Alex Kurtzman has nothing to do with has nothing to do with um, 
uh, The Expanse, mm-hmm. which is probably why it's so great. I don't know. It's just weird to me because you're like, come on. I don't know. Just Star Trek's in terrible hands right now, and Star Trek will probably <coughs> be mediocre until it's out of these terrible hands. That's part of the thing. Is like, it's just. I mean, it, it is what it is. It's just like all of our favorite franchises right now are in the worst possible hands. Kathleen Kennedy knows nothing about Star Wars, and she's driving Star Wars into the ground. <laughs> Alex Kurtzman and Akiva Goldsman also know nothing about Star Trek, and they're they're running that into the ground. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, The Expanse, the show actually, I think has like the writers. I think they're like, I think they're producers, or they I think they work on the show, or like they they oversee something. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're involved with the show in, in some capacity, so like it, the integrity of the original material is there. And actually, someone mentioned on our um, YouTube channel that like Christian isn't in the first book at all. She doesn't show up till the second book. But they love her characters. The, the the actress that they got for her, they wanted her so bad. They just wrote in a lot more parts for her for for season one, so that they could get the actress. Nice. So, like, nice. all, all the stuff like that is, is all, uh, for season one, is all supplemental mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that wasn't in the book. So that's awesome. And she's an awesome character, and it's really cool. Like, I don't know. It's just, I mean, that was really cool. And, and since the authors are involved, they're able to, like, you know, make it seamless and make it work. And so I thought that was really cool that, uh, that they wanted her. And I'm, I'm glad they did because she's an amazing actress. Oh, she's great. And just the character's great, too. And it, you know, kind of tells, like, the... You know the backstory of all the like the politics behind everything and the stuff so. happening on Earth. So, I mean, it's it's super important for the show to have that information, right? I mean, I mean, the book is good, but I mean, like, it's definitely different from the show. And I think the show, just for ease of consumption, having that uh, that that jump back to Earth to see what's going on is definitely super helpful. Right? Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, it's yeah, good like, stuff. I mean, like, I. Like, the only thing bad I can say about the show is, like, the, each season starts feeling a, li- a little bit different. And it's not that's not even a bad thing. It's just, like, the books are different. I mean, each Yeah, you got to move on because you can't keep with the same thing. You got to keep on moving along and yeah. changing things up. Yeah. Like, absolutely. season one, like, it sets up everything. Season two and season three kind of carry that along. And then season four is almost kind of like a reset, almost. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. I mean... I'm excited to see where it goes because, I mean, in a way it's a reset, but in a way it's still the same thing that's been going on. It's just, oh, it's it's just so much to it. It's so good. I, I'm really excited yes. to see how season five is going to play out because, you know, I mean, the books are beyond the show, but man, I just, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited and I, I'm ex- I, I want to try and finish the books before season five comes out too. So I've got a lot of work to do <laughs> to get yeah. there. I've got the first two books on audiobook. I'm only like a couple hours into the first book, but. Cool. I'm trying to work my way through them. I, I've been definitely making an effort to do a lot more reading. I, especially, I do it. Try to do it in the morning. Um, I, I know uh, sometimes I can't do it as much, but I try to take at least like a half hour, like my morning coffee. Don't get on the internet. Just open a book and read for a little bit. You know, yeah. just kind of like it's a nice like moment, quiet moment. Because I usually wake up before anybody else does too. So oh, that's good. I mean, my my dad would like. I always put on like freaking baseball games and then read books while watching the baseball game. I'm like, yeah, can I watch TV? He's like, no, I'm watching the game. I'm like, no, you're reading. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if you want to listen to the game, put on the radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so annoying growing up. I'm like, I can't do anything. I want to play a game or watch a show. 
Yeah, right? Yeah. No, Dad's watching baseball and reading a book. <laughs> well, that just shows you how exciting baseball is. And uh, golf's no better, so. Yeah. I, I, every time I would, my dad was a big golf fan, so he'd watch golf on TV, and it'd be so boring. Yeah. Like, oh, he's making that putt right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, it, it went right in. Those balls right. are sinking in that hole. Those holes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's supposed to go in holes, not balls. Pretty sure my, they're doing the sex part wrong. You guys are idiots. <laughs> You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. <laughs>